0: Welcome to Animal Empathy, where we decode the language of animals for deeper connections. I'm Paloma Berci, your host and an animal communicator since 2001. Join me as we explore heartwarming stories, unspoken bonds and the magic of truly understanding our animal friends. For more about me, visit speciespace.com. Let's dive in together on this wild journey. Today, we're joined by a truly special guest, Yvette Verne. She's a life coach. Together, we'll uncover the connections between self-care, self-love, animal companions. So, let's begin. Welcome to the show, Yvette. Please introduce yourself and tell us how you came to be a life coach.
1: Hi, Paloma. Thank you so much for having me. Um, This is just such an honor and a blessing to be able to share this, this space with you. So I became a life coach because I am involved in a program called Mind Power, and during the the courses, our students would need support; they'd need further guidance, um, further assistance. And I was doing this sort of on a on a just ad hoc space, and um, and then I realized that there was actually a gap for us to be able to support our our students more and um to be able to journey with them further and beyond the actual program
0: so how how do you implement that what you coach with your animals and I know you also have animals at least one dog I do I do so being being a life
1: coach um, has opened my um, I think my horizons Paloma to to the 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 need of 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 what people actually want. And um, There's so much going on, so much chaos going on that we find ourselves caught in the rut of life. And it's about just narrowing it down, finding your purpose, finding what it is that you want. And we don't realize that while we are caught up in this rut of life and we are just going about our days, sometimes so unconsciously, that the beautiful animals that share our space are caught up in that. They are caught up in that energy. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, when I got divorced a couple of years ago, I had a collie and only up until I lost her last year and had my my amazing session with you, did I actually become aware of the chaos that was going on for her as well. But because I was caught up in my own stuff, being a mom, trying to find work, I was completely unconscious and, and oblivious to, to what the energy and what the home space at the time was doing to my animals.
0: Animals are so so sensitive and they pick up everything really and uh, do try to process it and they process it for us often yes and they since they live in our world there are so many things that they don't understand but they still try to process it and that's not doing them really any good so no No. how does prioritizing then our well-being impact our ability to provide care and support because I, i think that's that's the key really i think that's the key that we need to prioritize to look after ourselves absolutely
1: absolutely and we hear we've heard the, the 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 old saying about being on an airplane and if anything happens put the mask on yourself first before you help anybody else and that analogy is used so much in 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 day to day life look after yourself before you can look after others but it's the exact same for animals. If you're not taking care of yourself and you're not looking after yourself, again, as we've just said, that energy starts to build and feed within the home. And your animals are going to pick it up. And they, they are so affected by it. They are so, so deeply affected by it. That's why I say self-care is so important, not only for yourself, but if you are not looking after yourself, what good are you to your animals? What good are you to them? And and to be able to to um, share that space with them in providing a safe, clear, energetic space for them, I think is so so important because exactly what you're saying is that they take the energy and then they process it, and they have no way of of expressing that, of, of, of letting us know. And exactly, I think the same as humans, if we don't process, we start manifesting illness and disease within our bodies. I think the same is, is goes for our animals, that if, if we are not aware of how we are being energetically and looking after ourselves to look after them, they also start
0: manifesting illness or disease in their bodies yes definitely yes they do yeah and wh- another thing that can happen is for example m- misbehaving they start to misbehave in a way that people don't understand mm-hmm. i haven't changed anything i haven't done anything different but if the person is in some way stressed mm-hmm. and or depressed or whatever the animal notices that and if they cannot process it in another way, often they express in a in with a different behavior. Yes. Yes. And then we
1: look at them and we want to know what is going on. Why is this dog being naughty? Why is this dog misbehaving? What's got into this dog? And it's all all our energy, our energy. And that is why it is so important to look after ourselves to make sure that we're looking after our animals.
0: And if you're curious about animal communication or wish to deepen your bond with your animal companions, I have a gift for you, an invaluable guide to animal communication. Simply find the link in the show notes, enter your email and unlock a world of connection. And now let's continue with the interview. So can you share an example where neglecting self-care had consequences for a person's ability to care for their animal companion?
1: Um, I'm going to use my own personal story, Paloma, because it has been it has such a huge it has had such a huge impact on me. When when I, when I had my session with you, when I lost my collie last year, and the feedback that I got from her about how she carried space with me when I went through my divorce, and I was completely, completely just unaware of of the trauma that she was also going through but I was also not taking care of myself because I was so stressed because I was so heartbroken because I was because I was dealing with my own trauma I wasn't taking anybody into into consideration and for me it was just about one step in front of the other and just surviving the day with my two children And when I look back now, I see specifically that time, what a huge impact it made on her because I wasn't looking after myself. And when I look, when I think about it now, I can actually remember times vividly where she would sit and look at me and I'd be like, what is going on? What does she want? What is it? And now I can look at it and I can almost see her begging me just to take care of myself. It was like she was almost saying, please can you just sit down and take a breath for both of us. Mm. And um so, so yes, that that story is it, it's it's very close to my heart. And as I say, it made a huge impact because again, at the time I was unconscious. I wasn't looking after myself. So my whole environment, including my pets. We're taking strain,
0: and there, there is another example I want to um to add here, which I think is very important, is when an animal is going to their last phase in their life, and the person, you know, is is very concerned about the animal and wants to do everything right for the animal, and but at the same time is so so stressed and so concerned and so you know in in really bad shape because of the animal that actually stresses the animal even more and i have talked to so many animals then when i when i ask them is there anything you want to tell your human and they say yes please calm down you know i'm okay i mean i'm i'm in the last phase of my life and i need this time i need this space for myself i can't take care of you Two, please calm down. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And and I see
1: that. I see that so clearly now because when when um Meg, my, my pet specifically that I'm talking about, when she was in her last last phases, I was so stressed because I wanted to do everything I could to keep her alive. There was like I can't lose her. I was so desperate and up and down to vets and doctors and medication. And and I could see it was just like, again, can you please just be still? Can we please just go through this time, spend this time together and let me go? And it was almost like, I think the following day, the, 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 the time, and I remember it clearly, when I decided to be still with her and just be in her space, it was that thank you now you are giving me the time you are now honoring me to do what i need to do
0: yeah and i know that a lot a lot of people actually you know feel guilty in a way when they think well what you know my, my animal needs me or my family needs me and i i i have to do this and i have to do that and i can't take care of myself now i i I'm needed somewhere else. So what advice do you offer to those who might feel guilty about taking personal time?
1: It's such a fine line with balance. And it's so important to have that balance. And I think as as mothers and wives and women in general, we feel a lot more guilt when we're taking personal time. But I think, Paloma, if we can just really, really accept and know the importance of what it is to look after yourself. Because, again, we know this saying, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And if we are not doing, and it doesn't, people, I haven't got time. I haven't got time to look after myself because we think it takes hours. And literally five minutes a day, five minutes a day just to fill up your cup so that you can pour to those that need you. And if you think about a 24-hour day, you're taking five or 10 minutes out of a 24-hour day, it's not a lot of time. It's not a lot of time to just fill your cup and make sure that you're at capacity to be able to give to others.
0: Right, yeah, I think, I think it's very important to actually you know, set boundaries and say, look, now this is my time. I remember when I was a kid, my dad, my my parents sent me to bed at a certain time. I think it was four to eight or something like that. And they they were telling me, you know, you have to go to bed now because now it's mommy and daddy time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were they were, keep they kept telling me now it's it's daddy and mommy time. It's time to go to bed. You know, we have been looking after you the whole day. Now it's our time. <laughs> i remember that clearly with my grandparents seven o'clock
1: at night that was it it was their time it was news time it was but it was their time and um it really is so important really really is such an important part of self-care of looking after your health looking after yourself making sure that you are energized and and rejuvenated to be able to support the environment that you are in as well as your pets
0: yeah and actually for animals it's, it's very important that you set boundaries as well because again as i said before they are living in our world and they are just living and trying to cope with what they experience here in our world they don't understand everything but it's not because they're stupid it's because well it's it's not their world if we would be living in their world then we wouldn't understand everything you know what what they are up to and and what their routines are and because they live in our world we actually need to set boundaries and teach them and tell them so that they can understand as well so exactly. and have the energy to guide them to help them
1: navigate our space
0: you know that there are animals that really invade you You know, you, you sit on the sofa and they come and invade you <laughs> <laughs> and you just say okay now what's the matter well It's okay. I I love it. I mean, I love it when my dogs come and sit on the sofa and cuddle up to me and snuggle up to me. Yeah, but sometimes I also want to just lay down. And then I have to communicate that. It's like we need to respect our animals' boundaries as well. Sometimes my dog just comes onto the sofa and lays on the other side of the sofa, you know, sort of. I don't want to cuddle up now. I want to, you know, <laughs> I want to lay here and just have a good time. <laughs> and you can feel yourself lucky because I'm sitting on the sofa with you. I could as well go onto your bed and lay there. <laughs> I mean, the first time he told me that, I thought like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> so animals set boundaries so we should set boundaries as well and don't feel guilty about it <laughs> and i think the
1: the important thing with boundaries paloma is also to be consistent because we again we we impact our environment according to how we are feeling being unconscious um about how they are feeling and the environment that we have created so if they are allowed on the couch and that's the boundary then they should always be allowed on the couch it can't be that now you're allowed on the couch but now when we have guests you get shouted at when you're on the couch you've got to get off the couch so to be aware it's the same as as, as having children there has to be consistency in the boundaries otherwise they don't know exactly and cause
0: yes confusion for them we Cons- create consistency that. is very 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 important yes Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, consistency doesn't mean you are harsh or anything like that. You know, a lot of people think, well, if I can't be consistent, you know, I just can't do that. But consistency just means do the same thing every time. That's it. That's what consistency is, really. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not it's when you start being
1: inconsistent that you're actually harsh.
0: Yeah. And then you 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 there is confusion. You confuse, you confuse everybody. You confuse, and children are confused as well, not just animals. I I don't know whether my, when my mom does this and this, I don't know what it really means. (laughs) So can you provide insights into distinguishing between self-love and egotism? Because a lot of people think, well, but, you know, if I look after myself, this is egoistic. It's not, is it?
1: I don't think so, Ploma, and I think it's the intention that you are doing it with. So if I'm looking after myself, I'm going out and I'm running 5Ks a day and I'm eating properly and I'm really looking after myself because I'm worried about what others think about me and I want to make an impression, I think you start bordering on egotism. Mm. but if you are going out looking after yourself exercising eating properly and have a good self care routine but it's for yourself because you want to be healthy you want to be happy you want to be energized and be able to to fill your space and your environment with good energy for those around you I think that's when you're coming from a space of love for yourself and those around you your environments so i think it's the intention that you're doing at work
0: that's a very interesting way of looking at it that's that's right the intention Hmm. so how how can individuals maintain a healthy balance between their responsibility towards their animal companions and their personal self-care routines because i i guess it's It is important to have a routine, a self-care routine. Sometimes you get so stressed, you forget to look after yourself.
1: Okay, exactly. And I think that's the beauty that our animals bring Paloma is that they remind us. They remind us to take care of ourselves because it's so easy to integrate that and a a self-care routine for yourself and your animals. I mean, taking animals for a walk is such a beautiful space to be in. You're taking care of yourself, number one. Number two, you're taking care of your animal. And number three, you are just creating a beautiful space for yourself and them. So you're bonding, you're spending time together, it's serving you, it's serving them. And um, to be able to look at those opportunities, and look at those those spaces that are available to us that we can share with our animals.
0: So, what are some practical self care approaches that you would recommend that directly benefit both humans and their animal companions? You mentioned walks.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Exercise is a big one because, as I said, it's something
1: that you can integrate and it's something that you can um, you can do with your animal walking, running. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a huge lover of that. Um, another big one, Paloma, is to be aware of how we speak to ourselves, because I think how we speak to ourselves and what we think about ourselves creates an energy. And again, that energy is manifesting in our home. And if we are speaking badly about ourselves, if we are thinking badly about ourselves, that is also going to come out. It's going to come out at a time that you might feel irritable or snap at your animal or or moan at them because of stuff that's going on inside of you, which is not their fault or they're doing it all. So to be aware of, of the conversations, the internal dialogue that you're having with yourself and the thoughts that you are thinking about yourself, I think is vitally important. Vitally, vitally important because it carries such a toxic
0: energy. Definitely. I would even go a little bit further and say, not just the way you talk about yourself, but the way you talk about life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the way you look at life really the way you know when you because what a lot of people forget is if you have an animal that stays at home and you go in the morning you go to work you come back in the evening you're not the same person I mean you you feel the same maybe or maybe even not maybe you're stressed but the animal notices that difference in energy I mean, it's been a whole day or maybe even just half an hour or an hour, whatever it is. But you have been away. You have picked up other energies. You have picked up information. You have experienced things. And you bring that back home. And I, I tell people that to actually, before you go home, just relax And 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 breathe and really calm down and and go back to yourself, so that when you enter through the door, you know you don't bring all that rubbish and garbage back in home. You know, because imagine your neighbor comes through your door and puts his whole garbage onto your. Living room floor and then leaves <laughs> again. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's really what we're doing with our animals. Mm-hmm. We leave the house, we experience whatever we experience, we come back home and bring all that rubbish back in. Yes, 100%. That's exactly what we do
1: exactly what we do and then we again when they behave badly because they're picking up the energy that we've brought in then we look at them and we want to know what's wrong with them again just being completely unconscious of of the impact that we have had on them
0: yeah yeah right you know when i when i talk to animals and the, and they're humans and it has happened to me so often that I usually don't have to work with the animals. I usually with, have to work with the people. <laughs> yes. You know they have to change something. it's mm. not it's 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 seldom really the animal that has a problem, but it's it's the it's often a misunderstanding between animals and and humans, really, because they don't they cannot process what we bring home. Yes. yeah. And- Think about it beyond our relationships
1: with our animals. It's like that in all relationships, even challenging marriages or or friendships, or it starts with us. What is the change and what is the difference that you can make? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing you have control over. You don't have control over um, other people, other situations, other circumstances. So it all starts with you. And when you start... Taking care of yourself. It's a big step in that process of being able to control you, control your emotions, control how you react, start creating for yourself. And again impacting your environment, which includes our animals.
0: Right. Are there are there societal factors that contribute to neglecting self-care? And, and how can these be addressed? know is some society uh, imposing uh, things on us exactly
1: exactly like you mentioned earlier is that um we were raised that you don't take time for yourself to take some time for yourself is selfish and um, you can't be doing that you should be looking after somebody else you should be worrying about somebody else's needs you should be it's always about the next person so i think society Um, our older generations did put a lot of pressure on that that it was if you were taking time for yourself you were either lazy or you were selfish and that you needed to be thinking about others and not thinking about yourself because thinking about yourself was egotistical it was arrogant but a lot has changed the world is not what it used to be and it is it is now, I think the COVID going into lockdown, the whole pandemic was a huge lesson for us to just take a step back, take a breath and just look after ourselves. Hmm. And I'm trusting and I'm hoping that society is going to start that's one of my big messages and that's one of my passions and my vision is to to bring in the self-care for us to know how vitally vitally important it is and to move away from the the older generations and and what society prescribes and I think when it comes to society it goes even further than that with self-care there's so much the media the way you've got to look what you've got to eat the way you've got to dress the way you've got to behave which I think is also a big contributing fact towards mental illness, mental um, diseases, because we are so concerned with what other people are thinking, what other people want us to do, whereas if we can just stick to our own space, occupy the space that we are supposed to occupy. Mm-hmm. I think there's such a huge shift there when you can just accept
0: Love yourself unconditionally and take care of you. Right. And I think one very important point is also sleep. A lot of people forget sleep. And I mean, I am guilty of that as well. (laughs) I sleep not as much as I should be sleeping, uh, but I am working on it so but really sleep is 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 a very important very important factor to consider isn't it absolutely
1: i always say two very inexpensive resources that are available to us at any time is sleep and water i think it's two of the most valuable resources that are hugely underestimated and that we take for granted we don't realize how impactful sleep is to our bodies and making sure that you stay hydrated Rather. if you if you think that our bodies are made up i think it's 70 or 80% made up of water mm. and the 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 energetic flow of that water in our bodies how that flows has has a huge impact on how how our bodies function And if we are not if we are not going to bed at night and getting enough sleep, where does the time come from to allow your body to restore? If you think about having your computer on 24 7, eventually it's gonna bomb out. Mm. There's gonna come a time where you're gonna have to shut it down and restart it. And our bodies are exactly the same. Exactly the same. I heard a story the other day. Uh, an analogy if you could think of a an ant how small an ant is sitting on a matchbox in the middle of, of a huge big river that is what happens in our brain so the ant is sitting on the matchbox on the river and he's fishing and he's taking in all this information and he's putting it in the matchbox. And that's what happens with our brains during the day. We are this person in this big, wide open world with so much going on. And we absorb, we fish, and we take in all the information all day long. And then when the ant has finished fishing, he goes off to wherever he's going, and he opens his matchbox. And then he needs to start filing packing away everything that he had caught during the day and that's exactly what happens to us when we sleep when we go to bed at night our minds shut down our body shuts down but at a subconscious level we start filing we start categorizing we start putting things into the compartments that they need to belong to but if we don't allow ourselves enough sleep to be able to do that, that program is interrupted. So if that program takes six to eight hours and we only getting four hours sleep, we are constantly interrupting that program. So tomorrow you start again and you gather all the information and you go to bed at night and you don't get a chance to run the full program. And then that's when we become burnt out, exhausted, depressed, bipolar, start getting all the diseases start manifesting in our bodies because we're not giving our bodies the time to to restore
0: that's right and we can learn so much from the animals here just look at animals they sleep they sleep so much you know and when you don't allow for example dogs to have enough rest time they Mm -hmm. get really really annoying I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, like two ch- children. It's the same, actually. When you start seeing the similarities between children and animals, because
1: when you don't feed them, they get grumpy. When you don't exercise them, they get grumpy. When you don't let them sleep enough, they get gramp- grumpy. Exactly like children do, and actually exactly like we do as adults. If we're not eating, we get grumpy. If we're not exercising or moving, our bodies get stiff, we get sore, we get so so many similarities so many
0: yeah can can you provide guidance on how individuals can assess their current level of self-care and identify areas for improvement because there are different areas we we need to take care of what what are they and how can we yeah realize what they are i think to identify where
1: your self-care level is is just to Consciously become aware. What am I doing for myself in a day? And I think many of us will be surprised to realize that not much, not much. And then I know that you and I have done some of this this in uh, in our in our chats and our coaching. But make a list. What brings you joy? What are the things that actually bring you joy? And then go through your list. These things bring me joy, but when last have I actually done any of this? When last have I actually done something that is fun and brings me joy? And when you've got your list of the things that are fun and bring you joy and feed your soul, try and do something at least five minutes a day. Just for five minutes a day. If you enjoy reading, sit down take a good book and just read it for five minutes it's you need to train to get back into that because now we have become used to not doing it so you've got to train yourself to get back into it again what is your water intake like if you're not having any water just try and have two glasses take a walk pay attention to what's going around going on around you so, I think if you can start with that, make your list of what brings you joy and make a conscious effort of stepping into that space of joy and what are you doing. I think that, that that's, that's the first step is to know what it is because some of us have forgotten.
0: And I, I want to bring an example here. Just actually, it occurred to me while you were talking. I love to take photographs i i love to take pictures so and you know with this the this the the phones we have nowadays i mean they have really great cameras and you you can take wonderful pictures now miro my young dog he likes to really speed up when we go for for a walk and i mean it is it's I always say when I go for a walk with Miro, it's a workout yes. <laughs> because he's so fast. But me, on the other hand, I like to look at nature. I, I I notice details in nature. You know when the light and the sun shines in a special way and shines through some leaves and and you know I I love to observe that, and I love to take pictures. Now. We have a compromise, Miro and I. And so the deal is, I go as fast as he likes to go. However, when I see something that I like taking a picture of, he stops and waits. (laughs) (laughs) So really, he stops and waits. And then I take the pictures that I want to take. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. He is so 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 considerate you know he just stays there and waits he waits and then when I'm ready then we can walk on and then we can speed up again
1: (laughs) and it's amazing what they are capable of when we teach them when we take the time and we are patient to teach them yeah (laughs) exactly that is so beautiful that is really sweet I think I'm going to teach buttercup that
0: (laughs) Yeah. So before we wrap up, Yvette, I'd love to hear your expert advice. For our listeners who are eager to start implementing the insights we've discussed today, could you share three quick tips that they can begin applying to enhance both their well being and their relationship with their animal companions? I think not to underestimate, don't underestimate
1: the intelligence of your animal they are they know a lot more than we give them credit for they feel a lot more than we think they do and take the time take the time to be with them take the time to be in their space and like you say now you've teach you've 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 taught me what what your walks look like so take that time just spend that time with your with your with your animals be aware be aware of your energy. Be aware of how you are feeling. And I love what you said about your neighbor coming to dump their garbage in your in your um in your living room because it's exactly that. So if you've been out coming through the front door, take a breath and just calm yourself for yourself and for your and for your animal. And I would say the third one, make time for them. Make time for them. It will be good for you and for them. Making time, spending time with your animals feeds your soul and it feeds theirs.
0: I want to mention another one, which I think is very important, and that is gratitude. Each day, take a moment to reflect on a positive aspect of your life with your animal companion. Expressing gratitude not only uplifts, your spirits but also strengthens the connection you share with uh with your animal.
1: Absolutely. I love gratitude. It's a huge part of my daily routine and self-care. I love that. So
0: how how can people contact you to find out more about you? Um I'm on Instagram
1: and I'm on Facebook and it's Evet Wern Y-V-E-T-T-T-E, and then surname is W E A R N E and um, yeah just reach out on Facebook or Instagram and um, I'd love to connect there with some of your listeners
0: great so I'll put your information data in the show notes so people can go there and and have a look at it thank you thank you so much Paloma is there anything else you would like to say be in love be in
1: love with yourself be in love with your family Be in love with your animals and just be love. We are all love. And I think if more of us can come from a space of love, our world
0: would be a much better place. Definitely. Yes. Well, thank you very much for being here, Yvette. Thank
1: you, Paloma, for having me. It's been really, really special. And I'm just so grateful for the time that I could spend with you and your listeners. Thank you.
0: Before we go, a quick request. If you have enjoyed this episode of Animal Empathy, please subscribe to Stay in the Loop for more magical insights. Sharing is caring. So spread the word to your fellow animal enthusiasts. And if you could spare a moment, leaving a review would truly mean the world. As we wrap up, remember this. Life's most beautiful moments happen in the now. So stay present, embrace the magic and keep those hearts open. Thank you for being part of our animal-loving community. Until next time, stay curious and stay connected.